Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Johnny O'Brien, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with my man, Johnny. So... Welcome to Fadeaways at Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with my man of the hour, Johnny O'Brien. What's up, J-O? What's up, my guy? What's up, my guy? Pleasure to be on, man. Oh, man. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast, work out with you side by side. It is just amazing to be around you with your energy. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great, man. I'm great. Right on. Well, I, well, I, I want to say happy birthday to your wife because it is your wife's birthday today. Am I right? Yes, 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 it is. Yes, it is. Well, you thank tell, you, thank you. Yeah, you tell her. Coach Dre said happy birthday and thank her for allowing you to be on today, brother. <laughs> no problem, man. No problem, man. <laughs> okay, so we're going through a crazy pandemic. We're going through a crazy time right now where obviously the movement is, um, you know, black lives matter. And I truly believe that. I I truly believe all lives matter. I think the human race matters. That's what I truly believe in the word of God. Um, How are you feeling about this? Um, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. I think, uh, the one thing, man, is, 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 you know, um, 2020 has been very, very weird, man. Very, very sad thus far. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's definitely time. I think, um, what, you know, what we are fighting for as a people, I think it's, um, I think, I think we just need to be hurt. You know, I think, um, you know, People are out there protesting for human rights. I think um, a lot of people don't get it, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't expect them to get it. But I think that right now, with what happened to my guy, George Floyd, I think it was terrible. I think, um, you know, it was like it was just a, a just an evil act, man. And I think whoever commits evil acts like that needs to be punished for them, no matter the race, no matter the color. And I think for us as African-Americans, we've been getting treated, you know, a lot of times we do get the short end on the stick, you know, police are called on us for no reason, things happen, you know, um, words are thrown around, and the one thing I love from it, man, is, you know, going to these protests and seeing these protests via social media, you know, it's not just black people out here protesting, it's it's Mexican, it's whites, it's um, Asians, it's, it's everybody standing up for what they believe is right and i think that's the beautiful thing in it so um i'm kind of you know um i'm kind of glad you know people are you know standing up because i think in today's age man like you have to be a sick person to not 
stand side by side with your friend. You know, I think, you know, you have a son, man, like in today's age, like it's no way your son is gonna, not going to grow up without a friend of another race, you know, right. and um, and a best friend. And I think that yes, if, if his best friend is hurting, then he needs to help his best friend. And that's and that's what's going on, you know. So I'm glad to see the new generation, the younger generation of people such as myself really fight side by side. So I, I hear you on that. I, I, I feel um, the beauty of sports. Me growing up, you know, I'm 41 years old, so I grew up in the, the Rodney King um, riots yeah. and... and I've seen other riots after that, but that was a really big one, just as bad as this one. I mean, shoot, uh, last week I'm living in La Mesa, and I would say it's probably a predominant white culture here. Mm. It is obviously diverse, not as diverse as whites, but they they burnt us down. You know, they they tore they terrorized our whole downtown um, beautiful community, our village, and they burnt down several buildings and, and looted and riot and, and it was sad to see. But yes, I think I think um living as an athlete um helps you understand it's just a human race. There's no color. You know, I have friends that are black, white, Mexican, Asian, uh other uh descendants of Latino, African American, uh Native American I, I don't see a color. I just see human race and I just see people. And I see good people and I see bad people. And that's all I see. And I exactly. know, and I believe exactly. Yeah. And I believe in my heart that my son sees the same thing because some of my best friends are all different colors. And I don't see a color with those guys. You feel nice. Me? And I and I and I totally agree. I think that um you know, like, for me, man, like, I think it's sick to, like, like, it's almost crazy or just, like, to totally, like, I can't understand or fathom, like, you hate a person because they're another race, religion, um, think different than you, you know, like, I can't, I can't imagine that, you know. And um, right, it's 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 crazy, man. Like you said, I, I, I'm with you, man. Like a, I see good people, man. Like you're, you know, I've I've had the pleasure of spending time with you, man. You're a good person. Ryan's a good person, and you know, so forth. And I think that, um, you know, good people are good people, and bad people are bad people, no matter the race. So I totally agree with you. Right, I feel you on that. Uh, let me ask you this, because some of my listeners might have not have heard your episode with you when I first started this podcast a couple years ago. Um, so I would like for you to tell my listeners where you grew up, obviously, again, and why you chose LSU. Because I believe LSU was um, in your in your community, right? That's like where you grew up? No, so okay. I'm, I'm from Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi, okay. and LSU is uh, in Louisiana. Okay, but it's still close. Um, yeah, yeah, very close. So, um, man, growing up, you know, I, I grew up very, you know, deep, deep south, Mississippi, Mississippi Dells. And um, I, I knew I wouldn't venture too far, <laughs> you know. I, I knew I wouldn't venture too far, but um, 
I chose LSU mainly, man, just because when I went there, I had never seen, like, people take pride in, in something. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they love LSU. You know, right. like, people commit their lives to LSU. You know, people, when you go to people's houses in Baton Rouge, you know, they have LSU furniture and LSU plates and sporks and spoons and lamps. And it's, it's crazy. So, when I seen that, I, I just wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to try to leave my legacy on, on, a, on a special place. And um, and also it helped that two of my best friends that I grew up with, they also went there to play basketball with me. Um, so oh. it was pretty cool. Okay, okay, well, you know what, but I, but I love that. I love the fact that it was more like a family thing to you to go there, you know, I mean, because, like I said, like, I remember you, 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 were, you were preaching to a young cat in the gym with us, and you were like, you know, I was a, a McDonald's All-American, so that pretty much means when you're a McDonald's All-American, you have all kinds of colleges at you, but you chose Yeah, you can LSU. go wherever, sure. Am I right? Yeah, sure. And that's what I mean. Like, I love the fact that you were like, yo, I'm not going to the North Carolina. Yo, I'm not going to the Duke. You know, I'm, I'm not going to UCLA. I'm not going to Arizona. You chose what was true to your heart and true to your roots. And I feel that at times these high school players right now, especially, like, I love overtime and I love the fact that they promote kids but i think at times they get lost in that shuffle of the hype am I, you feel me no nah, yeah definitely and i think um with social media now more than ever man kids are becoming there like like it's kind of like love and hate relationship like kids are becoming like rock stars right like right. kids have millions of followers you know, all these brands are sending them free things to rock and wear. And, like, they're walking billboards at 15. And, um, you know, um, you know, and I think social media can social media can be a very dark place. Um, yes. Yes. You know, you have to think that when you were growing up, even if, even if you were on the cover of Sports Illustrated, once you leave a gym, you're, like, you're away from everything. You're away from the comments away from people the negative things but like now you know somebody growing up they have to see it you know you have a bad game like every and think about and also on another thing to think about it's like think about some of the things we did growing up without social media some of the things you know just being a just being a stupid kid sometimes you know you do crazy things you know right um like i look at lebron's son Bronny. you know like like everything he do is documented you know, if he goes, he goes on Instagram live, live, he says something stupid with his friends. It's blown out of proportion. It makes the headline of ESPN, a sports center. And now that may ruin something for that kid. You know, whereas when we grew up, you know, we were able to get away from social media and kind of be a kid. And like, you know, like we, we have to live and learn. You know, you make a mistake and you learn from it. But Nowadays with social media, that one mistake can cost you everything, you know, so. Right. So, like, for instance, our boy Ryan Razuki. God bless that man. Great trainer. Great human being. He's training Mikey Williams, right? Mikey yep. Williams got two million followers. For sure. The kid is a going into his sophomore year in high school. Like, yep. 
what advice would you give a kid that is like that, that's a rock star? Because you have to realize, he, of course, he can get drafted in 2022 and go to the NBA, right? That's what everybody wants. No one wants anything malicious to happen to this kid, you know? He puts in his work. He's putting... He's training a lot. He's, he's a hard worker. The kid is super shifty, fast. The kid has a crazy amount of bounce because I've been in the gym with the guy. But, like, what if he ends up like a Shea Cotton? Gets hurt, you know, stumbles around college to college really quick, and he's done. Like, what advice do you have for someone like that? Um, You know, like, God bless the kid. I think his future is bright. And it, and it happens, man. We, it happens a lot. I think it happens to a couple kids every class where, like, right. you know, they, they may not get hurt, but, like, you know, the NBA just not, not you know, the NBA is just not in their future. You know, in their future. So, um, and I, you know, I played my last two years overseas, so, like, no kid dreams of playing in <laughs> Israel, you know, because not, a, not an American kid, but I've had money some of the best times in Israel, you know, and I think that um, it happens, man. So, like, with social media, and, and to answer your question really quick, I don't think anything can prepare you for that, but the, okay. but going through it. Because, you know, may, maybe you can talk to Shea Cotton and he give you some advice, but what kid with two million followers is thinking that in three years or four years from now, his life will be totally opposite from what it is now. I get what you're saying, but you know. but you got you got to realize you can't always live life on that ace card. For sure, for sure. But at at, at in ninth grade, like I think it's like it's so tough to to understand like what lies ahead in the future may may not be what you hope for and what you dream for. So I think that. Um, you know, I, I think I think parents, I think mentors can prepare these kids. Um, you know, for for Mikey, who I follow on Instagram, he seems like a level-headed kid. Seems like he has great people in his life. Um, but for anybody like him, like it's, I mean, at this point, man, it's it's only, you know, he's followers are growing every day. By the time he's a senior, he might have. You know, fifty million or something. Right. Know? That's what I'm and, saying. And 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 like I and like you said, like that fall is something that could be you know crazy if it happens, and I and I hope not. But you know, um, it, it could be it could be crazy, man, because it's it's documented. You know what I'm saying? Like only right. like only a couple people know about Shea Cotton, like you and people from that era. But like this will be documented. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if Zion Williams turned out to be a bust, like that would have been documented. You know, like, you know, it's it's. He so still it, it's, could be though. Know. Huh? But I, excuse me for interrupting you. He still could be. He's only in his rookie year and got hurt. He can get yes, hurt his second yes, year and yes, he could yes, be a sure. he, he has a lot of basketball ahead of him, so you never know what could happen. But but it's documented, right? So like, right. people, you know, he signed all his money and you know, um, getting all his money, so. You know, um, you never know what could happen. But I do think I don't I don't know if nothing can prepare you for that, man. Like me being a McDonald's All American, I've had, you know, a roller coaster of a career. You know, right. and I think that man, nothing could have prepared me for that. Like you're talking about um I fought depression, I fought anxiety, I fought everything because, you know, you're in certain positions that 
you know, you and McDonald's All-American, everybody wants a piece of Johnny O'Brien. You know, um, everybody wants a piece of Mikey Williams, you know. Um, and then once the tables turn on that and nobody is answering your phone, nobody is checking up on you, then it's like, damn, you know. So I, I don't think anything can prepare you for that, man. I think it's just something that you go through and you learn and you come out a better man. Okay, okay, and I feel you on that, and I'm glad that you brought that up because that was another topic that I wanted to talk about. So I know it's an emotional roller coaster, and I know that you fought depression and, and all these things, but through all of that, what helped you through those, like, those bad emotions, those negative emotions? Like, was it a coach? Was it a family friend? Was it your wife? Like, Man, what was you, you, it? you know what? You know what, man? It was... It was, it was like, it was the real ones around me. My wife, my mentors, my mother, um, my friends, my real friends, the ones that, the ones that look me, cause, because like being out of the NBA, man, like it's a pride thing, right? Like, right. Like it's like, it's very prideful. Like it hurts your ego because like growing up, especially a young black kid, you know, like we go through so many things and we cope with you know whether it be self-esteem issues whether they breed you know um um ptsd you know which is things we've seen like we cope with that through a basketball right right oh my god yeah and, and, and when basketball isn't going well what the hell do you do and 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 also not only do we cope with that but that's that's what that's what we that's what we lay our identity into like that's our identity like i'm johnny o'brien the hooper you know what i'm saying so like that's what gives me confidence. So when that script of you and you're really like at rock bottom, what helped me was that, you know, my wife was like, hey, I love you regardless. Like my mentors was like, hey, man, I love you regardless. And my friends was like, hey, man, I love you regardless. And once I heard that, I was able to go anywhere I wanted to go and be fine. You know, so, um, <laughs> you know, like for me, man, like I like I'm, I'm fine where I am in life, but at the same time, I always want to continue to get better as a player and, and, um, and, um, you know, continue to grow. So, right. So like when, when you got cut, um, I believe the last team you played with, was it the Hornets or was it Denver? Uh, Hornets. Hornets. Okay. So you're there. Obviously you're, 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 you're with the Hornets. You're meeting Michael Jordan you're you're meeting um MC Dub, you're hanging out, you're working you know, you got Kimball Walker and and you get released. Like how much of a gut punch is that? Cause you're you're you made it. Like you could say Man, I'm, so, at, so, I'm at the best so actually, game and at the top of the I'm at the Mecca, bro. It's this is sure. the NBA. Like how does that gut punch you to be like, okay, I can't do this no more. I got to go get paid somewhere else. Because it's about getting paid. It ain't about just playing in the For NBA. sure. So, like, man, life is so short as hell. And I'm, I just turned 27 June 1st. So, life is short. And, like, to answer your question, man, that was my second time getting cut. So, I got drafted to Milwaukee. I was a second-round pick. I played two years. They waived me. I go to the NBA Development League. I have a hell of a two, three months, and I go to Denver. Right from Denver, from Denver, I then go on to the Hornets, who I play really well for, and then they sign me to a a, a one year, you know, minimum deal. And and I was playing; I thought I was playing like very solid for the Hornets, you know. Um, 
giving them giving them decent minutes. And so when um when they traded me to New York, they traded me and they said, "Hey man, like Porzingis just went down. This is an opportunity for you to get more playing time." I'm excited. Like I'm excited. Um, you know, New York is the mecca. You know, the mecca. Like, I, you know, I get a chance to show what I can do. Absolutely. And then two, the and then two hours later, my agent called and said, "Hey, man, New York's going to wait. Like, they're going to tank it out. They're going to, you know, play their G League. You know, they're going to call up their their G League guys and, and play whatever." So, this is being being one hundred percent honest with you. We was when I got traded, we was in Portland. Okay. Um, I caught a I caught a, a red eye flight from Portland that night back to Charlotte, and um. I just remember it was 6 a.m. And I ring the doorbell. My wife comes down to answer the door. And she opens the door. And literally, I just I burst into tears. I don't blame you. And, and I burst into tears. And she hugged me. And I was literally crying like a baby. And and all I could think about was like, damn, like, I'm not enough. Like, like. You keep telling me I'm not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and that's literally, and and so with that man, like I had to really battle and just battle and battle and battle and get myself to the point where, like, like man, you're really, really good at this game, and you know, don't let anything tell you differently. You know, right. and um, the hell out of the ball. And and so when I when I decided to go overseas, man, you know, it was a decision to get control of my career. You know, like high level, high level Europe is the second best league in the world. You know, okay. um, yeah. I, I always say Europe, where, where we play, is like, you know, if you take the LeBrons and Giannis's and Kawhi Leonard's off the team, if you take the All Stars off the team and you play with the other guys, that's Europe. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's pretty damn good. You know, because you have some pretty good role players. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. So um, that's what that's what Europe is, and I think that um, when I went there and I had success there, like that, that told me, like, man, look, you're you're still pretty good. And honestly, man, like I've had some of the best times in Europe. I've I've made some of the best friends. They treat you like you're LeBron. You're on billboards. Fans are chasing you through the mall. Like it's it's pretty crazy. So I love it. Let me ask you this. Now that you've played overseas and you've played at the highest level that you can in America, what have you, what knowledge have you gained for one and what have those other countries taught you in life? Um, well, two things. Um, Europe, European basketball is like, very high IQ, right? It's not just isolation. Um, it's not just isolation, you know, dribble, 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 shoot. It's very high IQ basketball. It's very low scoring half court game. So like chess match, um, chess match. Exactly. So like you, I had to become a better player in Europe. <laughs> you know, I had to really like lock in and, um, really think the game you know i couldn't just go out there trying to get 30 because you know that's not how the game is played so it, it taught me how to become a better player from that standpoint and then just living in europe man like you, you see how much people over there live off 
crumbs and, and, and are happy with their life and, and family is so important, man. Like they, you know, in Israel, especially like, you know, with the Jewish, with the Jewish culture, man, like every Friday or every other Friday, they celebrate something called Shabbat. Okay. And, um, like every Friday, the family literally sits down and have a feast and it's, and it's, and it's uncles and cousins and, and grandmothers and grandfathers and distant relatives. Like they're all coming together every single Friday to, to pray and talk, and laugh and, and drink and eat. And I thought that was like amazing. You know, I was like, damn, every Friday, you know, the family is together. So like, I just learned a lot about family and friends and fun and, and enjoying life, man. And, and that really made me content with like, like where I was as a player, you know, because I was having, I was having doubts, man. Like, in like anybody else do. So. Okay. Now, with you playing the last few years overseas, do you miss the NBA or no? Repeat that. Did, uh, in the last the last few seasons that you played overseas, do you yeah. truly miss playing in the NBA or no? You know, um, I I want to get back to the NBA, but it has to be on the right terms. Um, I know I'm a really good player. Um, I wasn't able to prove that in the NBA, so I want to redeem myself in the NBA. You know, that's my reason for getting back, is I want to get back and prove to myself that um, I can produce at the, the highest level that I dreamed of playing when I was a kid. And for, you know, that's, that's my own personal goal. Um, but do I miss it? Man, I can't say that I do because in Europe, you only play about 30 games and, 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 um, each game is like the playoffs, man. Fans are screaming, they're cursing, they're spitting. Um, it's intense, man. Like the stadiums are packed and, um, every shot matters. Every shot you can hear, like, you know, your ears about to burst. Like it's, it's, it's so intense, man. And like, I just don't think you get that same intensity. You know, when you when you win, your 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 social media is blowing up, and you feel like a king. And, and when you lose, your social media is blowing up, and everybody telling you you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's you know, uh, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if I can curse on here, but it's pretty crazy, yeah, man. Like, it's, uh, it's it's pretty crazy, man. So, oh man, that's the best. Now, let me ask you this: like, I've had the pleasure to work with you, and I got to work with you a week ago. And I'm telling you, bro, your shot is, I mean, what are you, 6'9", 6'10"? Your shot is amazing. Your handle is good. Uh, you're strong. Like, what other do you have to work on to get back? Is it your IQ? Is it more film work? What do you think? Man, I think, I think, honestly, just, I, I think it's just when it's my time, it'll be my time. I think, I think I'm, I had a really good year this year. Um, was considered one of the best power forwards in Europe. Um, and I just think whenever that time is right, man, the right people will see it and, the, you know, that door open up. And that's what I truly believe. You know, I don't I, – I just continue to get better as a player. And I truly believe if, if, if any – that's to anybody. Like if a, if a kid focused on – the number one goal is to – like if a kid if a kid is focused on every day, hey, I want to go to Duke. Right. Right. 
he can't control that, right? Like he can't necessarily say, like, like he can't, like he can't, like Duke may want another player or whatever. So you really can't spend every day controlling that. But what you can control is how hard you work and how focused and how driven you are. So if you wake up with that mentality every day, then I guarantee you, you Duke will be. Duke could be, you know, waiting on you. So that's how I try to look at it. I wake up and I say, like you just said, like if I if I if I don't have any holes in my game and I destroy my competition, then the NBA will come calling. Okay. You know. Yeah. But but if I wake up every day worried about man, you know, when can I get back to the NBA? When can I, like I feel like it's it's gonna hinder everything. Right. So. Okay, I hear that. Now let me ask you this, because my son, he is 13. And so this summer, or not even this summer, we're not even in the summer yet. Through COVID-19, I've been literally throwing so much film at him to please watch this. And then he'll watch it. And then I'll text him back and be like, I want you to watch it again because I know that you didn't watch the off-ball movement on the weak side. I didn't see you watching the guy shake up. I didn't see the guy drifting. You, did you notice the guy that cuts on this move? Like, there's a bunch of offenses and defensive uh, segments I get him to watch. Now, I get him to watch college, and the reason why I watch I haven't watched college is because it's a lot slower than the NBA. Yes, he does still watch some NBA clips, but not as much as college. How important is that for a child? of the age 13 to 19 to watch film breakdown? And is it more important to watch either college one, NBA two, or European ball three? Um, I think, I think it's, it's, it's very important, man. I think, um, film is like, I, I think a mix of film and skill work when you're young is uh is very important you know because i think film can help film can help a player to a certain extent okay. you know but also you have to be you have to be you have to be put in those game like situations right so i think when you're young i think playing as much basketball as you possibly can is great mixed with film because i think like if i show you how to guard a pin down um until you get 10 reps of guarding a pin down screen, you know, like, like, like I can show you how Kobe guards a pin down, but you're not Kobe. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're you're a 10 year old. So you need to get multiple and hundreds of reps of guarding a pin down because that's what Kobe is getting. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I think, I think showing someone on screen and then trying to find a way to like mimic that in workouts, you know, is um is, is because basketball is is, is reaction more than anything yes. you know you can you can set cones up and go behind the back and through the legs but you know if i got a dog defender on you and you can't get anywhere then those cones don't matter <laughs> you know it's all reaction so if i sit on your left hand and make you only go right then what are you going to do then you know so it's like you have to be able to react to your competition oh man i love that i love that you said it's a cone rea- I mean, it's better, you know, to go over it instead of cones with a person because, you know, your boy 
Cody Topper. And my boy, Cody Topper, shout out to Cody, says bones over cones all day long. For sure. For sure. Like, for instance, if if, if my kid can get a sparring partner, even if, that, even if that's me, right? If I can guard him, if, if I first, first, if I can show him the move with the cones, right? Once he has the move down, then we can move to reacting, right? Because you want to you want to put those moves against reaction, like, like, you know, like can like can I force you? Like when I force you right and you can't cross back, what are you going to do then? You know, like when I when I anticipate the cross back, what are you going to do then? You know, because that's that's basketball. You know, it's read and react. And once a person, you know, the best people, that's when you're Kyrie Irvins and you know, those people react the best I've ever seen to, you know, just people and movement. So, yeah. And I, and I feel you because Elijah and I, you know, um, we practice here at my house and I got about a half court at my house, a uh, little past free throw line extended. And so we'll get on our doctor dish. We'll shoot. But I think our best way that we practice is playing one on one. You know, he's not going sure. to sure. get a For defender sure. as big as I am, ever. You know what I'm saying? For as a sure. guard, he ain't going to get a guard my size. For sure. And it's it's like, that's that's a, that's a game rep. Because, like, like, when somebody pushes into him, he may not be as big as you, but when somebody pushes into him, like, he's, he's seen that before. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, he, like he, he's seen that. And I think that more than anything, those game reps just give people confidence, man. It, it makes it makes a killer for real. So. I really hope so. I really do. Um, now, you playing overseas this this last season? You played in Russia. Yeah. How, how was that? And I want you to touch on the basketball that was used. Um. Man, Russia was a very, 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 very weird experience for me. Um, number one, because um, where I was, man, it was very like Russian, right? Like Moscow. If you're in Moscow, it's it's pretty cool because it's Moscow is very diverse, very you know luxury. It's very you know um, Europeanized. Okay. I was in South Russia, where it's like. Like literally, like <laughs> you know, uh, like nobody speaks a lick of English. Um, people are still driving, like you know, I, like a one guy had one seat in his car, and you know, he ripped it, like literally just one seat in the car. The car's about to fall apart. Like it was, it was literally just like I feel like the real Russian community, and I and I didn't the real Russian culture, and I didn't really like, I wasn't real prepared for that. Right. And so I brought my family with me, and I think they only lasted three months. And my kids were like, "We have to go home. We have to go home." And so, um, but when it came to basketball, I had the best year of my professional career. Uh, I was, I mean, I was literally, you know, going nuts. And I think that's because um, my team and my coaches allowed me to to really be myself, but also. Um, I'm just at the point where I'm I'm a pretty good player, so I, you know, it was it was fun, man. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Now playing there, how important was it to stay in tune with your body? Like, 
did they have people that helped you work out? Was there dietitians, or do you do that all on your own? Because that's um, important, and people well, don't realize. Well, yeah, that. and where I was, man, you was on your own. Like it was, it wasn't. You know, we didn't really have too many. Like besides the gym time we got, you know, we didn't have. You know, in Europe, it's really no. You know, in, in NBA, you have practice facilities where players have cards and fingerprint scans so they can go back in any time. Europe, a lot of the teams, they're renting the gym from, you know, they're, they're renting, they're renting the arenas from like the city. So, you know, you may have a five hour window and after that five hour window, you can't get back in. So, um, you have to really maximize your time, you know, like if if practice start at 10 AM, you know, you know, you want to lift and shoot. You know, you have to be there at 8 a.m. to lift, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. to shoot, 10 a.m. to practice, and then after practice, get your recovery. You know, so you got to, like, maximize your time in that window. Okay, okay. Now, let me ask you this. Off the court of basketball, everybody needs to decompress. And, yes, you can decompress with your family. You can meditate. For sure. For sure. You can do all that. But other people have other outlets. Like my son is a phenomenal artist. And I didn't actually realize wow, and I really? didn't realize this until COVID nineteen. You know, <laughs> like he is over here uh doing uh he's doing art on shoes via paint. He's doing um hydro dipping shoes. He he literally is hydro dipping everything and anything he can find. You know, like that is his outlet is, is being artistic. And and I love that about him because that was a side I didn't know. You know, you feel me? Definitely. definitely so definitely, can, can you elaborate on, on your other outlet that you have in your business? Because I know what it is, but my listeners don't know. Um. So with me, man, um, North Caesar is something that, I, I grew up a huge... So, first of all, I, I discovered anime, which is Japanese animation. I discovered anime when I was about 12 years old. Um, Cartoon Network um, had, a, had a... Right after school, they had a block called Toonami. It right. came on from 3 o'clock to about 6 o'clock. So, it was about... And each show was about 30 minutes. So, you had about... You know, maybe six different shows they would show. And I remember getting off the bus and just sitting in front of the TV like, wow, this is different. And then I, I just started watching it more and more and more. And I kept going. And, and before I knew it, I was, I was a diehard fan of it. And so when I got older, man, I still had love for it. Like, I would still use animated, like, escape reality because, you know, I, I grew up very, 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 you know, unfortunate in terms of, like, you know, just financially. So, um, a lot of times I would sit in front of that TV, man, and, and those stories and those science, you know, science fiction worlds would like, you know, help me escape for thirty minutes or three hours, however long I watched. Right. And um, when I got older, I always just noticed there wasn't a ton of like people that looked like me in terms of like black characters and style and voice and hair. So I was like, man, what, what if I can take the the Japanese anime aesthetic? And, you know, tell stories that relate to kids like me and hope and my and my initial goal is that, you know, I'm sure when a Japanese creator created his anime, he didn't think a 12 year old black kid in Mississippi 
would be inspired. Right. You know? And and I learned and I learned a lot about Japanese culture through anime. So I said, what if I can take that and inspire a twelve year old Japanese kid to learn about my culture? You know what I'm saying? So so that, that's why I created North Caesar because I wanted to like reciprocate what I grew up. You know, I wanted to reciprocate that. You know, as a you know as a, as a man growing up. So um, I, I I thought it was like really dope, man. So oh, I think it is dope. But why the name North Caesar? So so North means black. Um, the word North means black. And then when I was young in history class, I was obsessed with um, Julius Caesar. Okay. And he he uh, he conquered so much land strategically with like a small army, but he conquered so much land throughout Rome. And, you know, so I was like, man, you know, this is like the black takeover in anime and manga. Like, you know, I'm, so like I'm I'm going to conquer this industry by telling the stories that I want to tell. So I, and that's where like North Caesar came about. I love that. <laughs> I really love that though. That's deep. Definitely, definitely. That's dope because you know, me growing up here in San Diego, I'm a native of San Diego. For sure. The Comic Con is here. I used to be my son's age, 13 years old, 12 years old, 11 wow. years old. Moms would just drop me off at the convention center. I'd walk up my 10 or 12 dollars. Pay. I have a stack of uh, comics in my backpack, and I go to Comic Con for the day. And for me, it was, you know, hey, I'm gonna buy a bag of chips. I'm gonna buy a soda. I'm gonna wait in a three-hour line to get Todd McFarlane's autograph or Jim Lee's. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a, a cool T-shirt that no one else has. And, and then I'm going to leave. And that's it. You know, and, and other than that, that was my outlet from basketball. Like, all I did was basketball all day, every day, until either I was done doing my hoops and I had a three measly dollars to go to 7-Eleven to buy a comic and a Slurpee. Uh, I love that. Right? Buy a comic and a Slurpee and go home. You know, that was like what I did maybe once every two weeks. So for me, when that year came up, when it was Comic-Con weekend, I was like, yo, dog, it's Comic-Con. Like, let's go. And now, you know, it's it's the same thing. Like, I, I've been doing it since I was a small kid, and I do it with my son now. It's like, that is our outlet of getting away from basketball. But I noticed with, like, E, his outlet is is being artistic. It's either drawing on shoes or drawing comic comic characters on a canvas or drawing comic characters on his his little notepads and like and, and, I, and, I, and I would tell you man I would tell you as a parent you know like I would tell you to push him even more in that direction yes. you know like you know nothing is nothing is more like exciting than a creative person you know because persons like people who are creative man they just have a different view on life you know, right. Um, I think, you know, um, yeah, I, I would definitely tell you just, just pushing more in that direction, man, because it, it can really be something that, you know, um, later on in his life could be very helpful. Like, like, you know, North Caesar has been for me. So 
How how much did comics influence you growing up? Man, it it um so it's weird because like it all intertwined like comics, hip hop, sports. Um, that was me, you know. Like I know a lot of times when people read comics and watch animation, they get called like a geek or a nerd. But like I was for me, to- man, like like that shit was like like it was. Like it, it blended so perfectly. Like I could go, like I could go over here with the with the, with the nerdy guys and talk comics, and then I go back with my homies and, and talk about the latest album that just dropped. And then you know, obviously, we argue about who's the best at basketball or football. And you know, it was just that was my life. And and now with North Caesar, I want to intertwine all of that into one thing, right? Like I want to intertwine really all of that into one thing. That's so. crazy. Because so, I'm I I built that into my son now too. Like, so we would be training, and he was always getting mad at me for putting music on. Always, like, why you gotta put that on? Why you gotta put that on? Now he's just dialed in, and he listens to his own genre of music, this new age hip hop. But for me, I gotta listen to Gangstar. I gotta listen to Tribe Called Quest. I gotta listen to some Ice Cube. I got to listen to some Dr. Dre. I got to listen to some Big Pun. Like, I got to go, like, way back. I even got to go way back to the Fat Boys, to uh, Rakim, to uh, Run Run DMC. Like, there's just, like, a vibe with with me in basketball culture. Like, like to me, I feel like hip-hop, and let me ask you this question. I feel like hip-hop is the fifth element um, or I'm sorry, basketball is the fifth element to hip-hop. You know, you got b-boying, you got MCing, you got DJing, you got breakdancing, but I would say that fifth element is basketball, and, and hip-hop culture and music is part of it. Am I right? For sure, for sure, bro. Like, you don't, like, like the way people move and, 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 and the style, like, it comes, like, directly from basketball you not i mean not i mean hip-hop you know so like i think like it's it's so intertwined it's crazy but when i I just think honestly when you think about like anything that's heavily african-american influenced and dominated it's going to have hip-hop in it you know because that's so that's such a big part of our culture you know so definitely yeah and i feel you because you know me growing up in a predominant basketball sport which is a predominant i would I, I don't call it a black man sport i call it a man sport because it's physical it's rough it's gritty uh but yes i would say it's it is um you know uh more black people play it right so people used to tell me all the time well why are you so influenced by black people like why are you you're all about the hip-hop game. You're all about this basketball game. It's like, no, dude, it's a culture game. It's a man's game. And this sure. is what I listen to. And this is what makes me feel the way I need to feel on the court. For sure. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. So I don't understand why people say that. Because I feel white, blacks, Asians, Mexicans... It doesn't matter who you are, as long as you're feeling the vibe and the music and the culture of the game, that's what brings the best out of it. 
Feel me on that? Definitely, definitely. No, I, I totally agree. I'm 100% correct, man. Um, I mean, you're 100% correct. You know, I think, um, you know, it's it's definitely it's, it's definitely a culture that's inspired so many different people to go so many different ways. So you're exactly right. Okay. Uh, if you could play or train next to one player that is no longer in the NBA, who would that player be? Train alongside. Man, it would have to be Kobe, man. Kobe, Kobe, man. Like, to to be, you know, RP to my man, but, like, Kobe is literally the reason I picked up a basketball. You know, like, he was such, he was my Michael Jordan, you know, because I, I didn't get a chance to see Michael Jordan play. But, like, Kobe was my MJ, man, and, and uh, and the, the news was devastating. I, I cried, I cried, I cried, man. I shed tears because, you know, he was like a superhero to me, like a real-life superhero, like right. walking superhero. So, um, and he was he was at the point where he was helping a ton of people, right. you know. Um, so I, I definitely, um, you know, I definitely would love to soak that knowledge up and, you know, Really, really, because you know I've had a chance to meet MJ, listen to him talk, and take advice from him. You know, but I would really love to um, chat with Kobe about basketball. Yeah, I would have too. It was funny because the day that he did pass away, um, I was coaching a basketball game. I was coaching an actual ten uh, U basketball game for our club team. Elijah walked up to me and goes, "Kobe just passed away." As I'm coaching, I turn around, look at him, and go. That's fake news. And he just went and sat <laughs> That's down. That's crazy, like, right? Okay. Crazy, right? Right. Like, because I didn't want to believe it. You know what I'm saying? It was more like, it's the same thing with Jordan. Like, if Jordan passed away, I'd be like, they're Superman. They're not allowed to die. For sure. It's just For sure, not allowed. Man. For sure. And, and, and just, you know, the way it went down is so tragic, man. Right. Exactly. But, you know, um, but yeah, man, I just think that that's the one person for me that's like, that's like, I don't know, man. Like, like literally, since I've been playing basketball, I've never been starstruck in my life. Like, you know, even with the bronze and and everybody, like, you know, you lace them up and you play, you know. But my first time seeing Kobe, man, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> that's Kobe <laughs> Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's like, and I and I couldn't like. He was warming up for the game, man, and I watched every single thing he did, and and. You know, it was crazy. That that moment there was crazy for me. I, I have a picture, man, like that that captured when I was in Milwaukee with him talking to me at the free throw line, and I cherish that picture. Like it's one of my favorite pictures of all time. So. Man, that's cool. Now, if you could play any player one on one that is your position, who would that be? Um, whether they're passed away or present. Um. I would say Carmelo Anthony, man, because um, even though Kobe was my – like, Carmelo was my second favorite player growing up, and I've tried to model my game after his so much. Um, um, just the way he – his smoothness and his his scoring ability and his ball handling ability. Like, I, I just love to see that up close and see how deadly and, and – and, um, um, you know, just, just, just really – Nice he is, you know, so. Okay. Yeah, I, can, I can see that. Besides basketball, 
which sport has the best athletes? Athletes? Yes. Football? Besides basketball. Besides basketball, I would say football. Okay, and why? I mean, a six six ten three you know six six three hundred three hundred pound offensive lineman is running a four five like I mean <laughs> you know you know like when I watch the NFL come by I see some freakishly gifted like guys like even when I went to LSU man like they just won a national championship so you know what kind of athletes they produce but like I would go in the rec center and play basketball against some of these guys and they would be defensive ends and offensive linemen and. And the way they moved and jumped and dunked, I'm like, this is incredible for their size, you know. So I would, I would definitely have to say football. Right. Okay. Okay. What are two building blocks a player needs to stay on the court with his coach? Um, being, being, um, energy. Okay. And um, I'll say energy and effort is, is one and together. And um, um, knowing how to affect the game, right? Like like you said, like I, I've seen guys that can only – like I, I played against guys in professional can only backdoor cut. You know on the scout report they can only backdoor cut. But somehow he gets 18 points a game backdoor cutting. And literally, only thing you know, literally the scout report says he can back backdoor cut. But he's so efficient and smart that he takes advantage of every single mistake that you make. And he still backdoor cuts and get laid up. Right. So I would say, guys, that that like find a way, man, to um, affect the game no matter what. You know, um, Dennis Rodman, you know, zero points and 28 read like, like that. Like, I can't take you off the floor, you know. Like my agent, man, is so funny. Like whenever I'm, <laughs> whenever I'm calling and complaining, like, oh man, this happened. Coach did this. Coach did that. He'll stop me and say, "Hey, Johnny, next game, give me five offensive rebounds in the first half, and everything that you're talking about to take care of yourself." And and the next game, I go out and do that, and it's like, you're right. Like, like, and it, and it just it's just telling you, like, if you focus more on you then everything you want to take care of itself. Right. So, And, and how important, let me ask you this, because I had the pleasure of last week working with you. How important is communication, especially on the defensive side? Because I remember playing defensive on you, and I was literally chirping my ass off because that's how I was taught. For sure, for and sure. How important is that? Sure. Like, can you really tell my listeners, my parents, my players, whether they're 12U to 19 to 24, how important is talking? Um, Man, it, it, I, I, would, I would say it's extremely important. Um, Because, like we discussed, man, like, it tells me as a coach, you know what the hell you're doing, and you're confident in what in what you're doing. 
You know what I'm saying? Like when you're lost and looking around and not saying like I'm like, is he is he like like is he okay? Does 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 he understand? Like I'm I'm more worried. And so I'm quicker to snatch you out or I'm quicker to you know, like I'm I'm not I'm just not confident that you know what you're doing, so I'm gonna I'm I may have to pull you off the court for that. You see what I'm saying? Whereas when you're talking, I I think you you've tricked me into thinking that you know what's going on and you're locked in. Even though you may not be, you're just making a bunch of noise. You know, but like it, it it's 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 telling me that that's a guy that's that's ready to play and that's a guy that's locked in, you know. And how important is that even off the court? Like you're you're not in a game, but you're in practice mode. How important is that, even if it's in a skill development setting? Um it's 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 very important. Like I said, it just shows people, man, you know what you're doing. And talking is a skill. You know, talking is a skill in itself, directing people, pointing people. Like if I'm telling you, hey man, like he's about to drive, like give like I need help. Like that's that's letting you know I, I understand his strengths and weaknesses. Like that like that lets you know that I understand I'm thinking plays ahead. You know, I just think it's a skill. And that comes from like you said, watching film understanding basketball and and as you get as your IQ grows like you know the talking will come so and did you like did you like that as we were training you that I did that because most of the time when I see other skill developers train high level athletes I don't see that their colleagues are talking like that now I just did that on my own based on Ryan allowing me to be in the facility with you guys. But does that really help your game? Um, I think, I, I think it does. I think it, 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 it simulates a game. You know, I think it, it, for me, like when I'm, when I'm being guarded and somebody's talking, like that's a game, like that's a game scenario. You know, it's not quiet. Like it's, understand that you know the help is about to come like he's telling me he's about to come and he's he's waiting on me to make a move so i think that um it's it's very game like man it's, it's something that needs to be done more oh cool okay i like that now if you had a three words or three phrases you had to leave on a piece of paper before you left earth for someone else to model what would those be Three words or three letters? Three phrases. Three phrases. Um, three phrases. Um, um, so one is from this book. It's called um, As a Man Think Of. And it says... Um, I am the master of my fate and captain of my soul. Ooh. And I live and I live by that by saying that I take responsibility for everything that has happened in my life. And I understand that if I take care of myself, anything that I want will be right there. You know, if you become better as a person, a player, a truck driver or crossfit teacher or yoga teacher or basketball trainer or nascar driver whatever 
the better you become at that scale and everything you want from that will, will be right there. And I think another one would be, um, <laughs> I think another one would be, man, you, you, you reap what you sow. Ooh. And, uh, and, and I, I just think that the energy you put into the world, the, the, the things that you give off, I think, um, um, you know, you, you get it back. It comes back on you, man. Um, like you said, man, good people, they get, they get, you know, good people who do things for, for nothing, man. They, they get, they get blessed with so much. You know what I'm saying? Like when you give and you want nothing in return, you know, you always get something bigger in return, you know? So, and, um, my last one would probably be, um, man, My last one would probably be, man, just just um, just understand that you know you are like you are enough. I think um, you know, no matter LeBron, no matter you know Andre or Johnny or E or whoever, I think we as humans are gonna always go through a point where we doubt ourselves. Um, we're gonna go through a point where we what we wonder are we enough for you know, this world or this woman or, you know, this position. And I think that, um, understanding that you are, man, that you are important to the world. You know, there's people that, you know, life would be crazy if you, you know, were to pass today. So I think that, um, you got to understand you affect a lot of people. You're powerful and, uh, you're enough. So I love that one, man. I really do. Well, Johnny, hey, man, it was a pleasure you having you on the show. I mean, you dropped heat from the court to the pencil to the notepad. Faith, you did it all, bro. Sure, man, for sure, for sure, man. I, I appreciate you having me on, man, and um, um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to do this again, man. So whenever, whenever you want to talk again, let me know, brother. Oh, you're always welcome on the show. You know that. That's for sure. You're fam. Sure, man. Okay.